We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. This is Cheryl from Jajawarong Country. Hello everyone. It's a milestone for our humble little podcast because this is episode 150 of the Beyond 90 pod. This is Eric Subihano hosting once again. Thanks so much for tuning in. And uh, thanks to uh, my esteemed colleague, Dale, for reminding me that the correct term for this is the sesquicentennial. Oh my God, the sesquicentennial. Oh dear. I knew I was going to butcher it. And so it proved to be. Well, um, uh, I need to take the heat off myself and my um, terrible attempts to pronounce English. But so first I will um, introduce the rest of them uh, that's uh, with me today because we've got a Fab Four for this um, special occasion. And I might as well uh, start with you, uh, Del Roots, my fellow Sydney resident. How have you been? Yeah, I had, a, I had a great weekend. I went to a beer festival and then I got home somehow. Uh, <laughs> yes. And yeah, I won a hat. Uh, I won my football game. I had a great weekend. It was good. It, um, but yeah, um, there's been plenty to talk about, uh, as we will as we will see. And uh, you played at the Village Ring, did you? Uh, no, we played at oh, UNSW's yeah. other ground, but oh. uh, they were lots of fun. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. And uh, so, a uh, good weekend for Dale sounds a bit like um, I think that Simpsons episode where it has the missing scene. So Dale. Doesn't know how he got home, but I did go into wet my whistle and then was dancing around the maypole. That is a yes. very, very good way of putting it. There were Excellent. a few, there were a few beers there that were absolute rocket fuel, but I stayed away from those. Yes, nursing a bit of a sore head from the night before, unfortunately. Okay, so also joining us, um, Magella Carp. We can um, go on through this in a bit more detail, but uh, you've seen some big action in NPL Queensland. Oh, well, yeah. So um, I got out to one of the games, got out to uh, East and Mitchelton. So that was a really good clash there between them. We'll talk about that later. Um, and of course, I stayed up, you know, to watching the Champions League final mm-hmm. in the middle of the night um, with a few beverages. So Oof. yeah, I, I, I think I sort of don't know how I potted off to bed sometime after that, but yeah, after a good game uh, and a few drinks, and it was it was it was a late night on Sunday. Yes, and to complete this quartet, he's back. Our Canberra and Nordic football expert Stefan Mobus, how have you been? It's been a big weekend for you as well, hasn't it? It has. Thank you. Yeah, good to have a chat with everyone here again. Um, yeah, I've moved into my my new place, so I've been here for a few days now, and. Uh, Went out to the Federation Cup final on the weekend, so that was cool. So we'll be chatting about that a bit later. So Federation Cup final. So uh, plenty of magic of the cup for women's football all around Australia. Now let's do our history lesson. Uh, Matilda's cap 150. It's Rachel Cooper, who is one of that very large group of young women who made their Matilda's debut in 2007 against Hong Kong. Uh, that would end up being Rachel's only appearance for the Matilda's uh, born in Mullumbimby, Rachel Cooper was a goalkeeper and uh, she did not keep a clean sheet, but still a convincing performance there. Australia won Hong Kong that day in 2007. Uh, Rachel also spent two seasons in the dub, um, the inaugural dub season. She made two appearances for, appearances for Sydney FC. And then the following season, she was with Central Coast Mariners, who, of course, are rejoining the competition. So well, wherever she is, we hope that uh, Rachel Cooper is doing well and contributing to whatever circles of life she is in. Now, well, it's... um. It's getting closer. 
it's really starting to feel real this little thing called the women's world cup because uh countries are starting to announce their squads um so where to better to start than with the european champions england and i don't know my uh chuck it open to um any of you do anyone have any uh, particular strong feelings about uh any of the squads they've been announced shells has, has embedded the post for england germany and the netherlands provisional squad I mean, no, Steph Horton is the big one for me mm. in the England lineup. Uh, is it really? She, I mean, she. Uh, no, it's really not. <laughs> um, I mean, she's not been very popular during Serena Vigman. I think that's been pretty plain to see, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, she's one of England's all-time greats. Um, she's definitely one of the the the. You know, she'd be in their best fifty, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, but. You know, the times they are a changing, as Bob Dylan once said. Um, and yeah, you know, you've got to kind of go with your gut. It is it is also interesting to see, um, as you were saying, uh, Eric, that uh, we've got kind of a uh, Germany is starting. They've selected a provisional squad, so mm-hmm. um, I guess there's going to be a few uh, hard conversations that will be happening with the German team in the coming months. But yeah, so we're only what like we're fifty. 50 days away, roughly. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Probably yeah. the only other thing with the England squad, possibly Nikita Paris might feel a, a little hard done by, but I mean, it's it's still such a tough, tough group to to crack into. So it's, mm. there's no one really there that you look at and sort of go, no. Um, it's probably more, yeah, just, you know, the the unlucky few on 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 the fringes there missing out but um but yeah i must say looking at that germany squad um i i i was did an interview sort of in, in the week and we were sort of talking about who the favorites are and i can't really think of a raging favorite coming into this world cup which i think is really exciting but i must say i think germany look look quite strong and if they can sort of build on their their euro performance and they I don't think they've had any major huge injuries unless I'm forgetting someone in particular but yeah it looks like a a, a strong squad there that they've got to select their final 23 from yeah and uh I think we might as well segue to Germany um my first question although I'm um, can't remember who it was this isn't an original idea it might have been Dale actually but yeah Germany the way they've announced it goalkeepers defenders and midfielders slash forwards yeah they don't they play a very fluid form of football don't they really um (laughs) it's pretty interesting because they have like they have a really good spread of of talent like you've got pop who's got a pop Mm -hmm. has 127 caps sarah debritz has 95 and then like all the way down from 79 to you know single digits there's there's plenty of kind of scope it looks like a really well-balanced team You've got a lot of players there from Wolfsburg, from Bayern Munich. Um, and obviously, you know, Wolfsburg played in the Champions League final yesterday, which we'll get onto as well. But yeah, I mean, it's only a provisional squad at the moment. So it's, uh, it's an interesting one. Four goalkeepers in it, I think, as well. So um, interesting to see how. No, yeah, four goalkeepers in it. And Katrin Berger only has six caps. What a wild world we live in. Um, Portugal also have their first, uh, their full. Um, oh squad out as well um francisco Neto put that out that was last week as well yeah and i know we've been having a few questions about when australia are actually going to announce our final team and i i don't think i've heard anything official coming out so 
still waiting. I'm not sure how long they're going to leave that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and the first they have to they have to submit. I'm just having a look. Provisional list of uh, 35 to 55 players must be submitted to FIFA, and then from the preliminary squad, 23 players need to be submitted to FIFA by the 9th of July. I believe that. Oh, yeah, it's. It's the same rules as with the Men's World Cup. The teams are permitted to make late replacements in the event of a serious injury at any time up to 24 hours before the first match where the players do not need to have been in the preliminary squad. So that is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Just to clarify, it's that particular country's first match, not the first match of the tournament. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... um, uh, Yeah, and it looks like the the Dutch have got a squad of 30 as well and they'll be trimming their squad by the looks of it at the end of this month, on the 30th Mm. of June. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's yes. I, and I, even though, I mean, looking at that team is like that's pretty fierce, to be perfectly honest. Um, there are some players that there are, there are a lot of players there who played at the last World Cup, Lika Martins, Van, Daniela Vanderdonk, Daniela Hronen, uh, Shanice van der Sand and Jill Ford. You've got a lot of players there who um played at last World Cup. Um, unfortunately, one of them is not. Uh, Viviana Miedema, mm-hmm. so which is obviously a great shame, um, but I'm sure she'll be back and ready to go for the Olympics. They also have a player called Tiny, which we love to see. Well, I'll, I'll start <laughs> thinking about my, my jokes and my silly puns now. Uh, yeah, so as the squads roll in, by the way, um, just in case there's anyone like me that's interested in the Irish national team, from memory, they're going to announce that between the friendly against Zambia and the friendly against France. So that's still a while for that. But um, also, I believe that shout out to Alex Lucas, New Zealand will announce their preliminary squad on Friday. But mm. um, yeah, just, the... just on that, FIFA do have a, a thing uh, at the moment. If you are looking for a second team to support, if they're playing in your city, uh, they have a thing called Fancestry at the moment. Um, ah, yes. Eric has been taking this to the nth by just selecting random teams with whom he has no genealogical association. <laughs> uh, and if that's your kind of thing, uh, that's it. Uh, I think it's just FIFA. Just search FIFA Fancestry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. comes up with a nice graphic and have some fun. Yeah, look, I, I got an interesting combo when I did it. I got like Australia, of course, then Canada. Sweden and France but the thing is I really struggled with the first question the first question was what's your favorite or preferred food and I seriously could not split the four options that they gave me so it's like it's, it's one of those it's one of those it's, it's yes. kind of like yeah. what what mood are you in are you in mm-hmm. today yeah. and see what you get but good fun I think I ended up with Norway as my second team so that was mm-hmm. kind of cool yeah <laughs> I I mean, uh, I had fun playing around with that when I should have been working. And very early on in my experimentation, I did get established a top three of Australia, Ireland, and the Philippines, and couldn't <laughs> couldn't quite get them in the right order, but it's good enough. Uh, yes, but just just in case anyone's out there, just, oh, I have decided my second team already. My second team is definitely Australia. Now, uh, uh, of course, there's um, off-field uh, things as well, and we'll link in case anyone is in in based in Sydney and interested in the Sydney Harbour Bridge Unity Celebration. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, that'll be the 25th of June, which I think is a Sunday. And um, I can't believe I'm going to address this complaint, but uh, did see somewhere on the somewhere on social media, someone complaining about it being a Sunday morning. Well, you try closing the Sydney Harbour Bridge at any other time. 
Yeah, yes. last person that tried to do that got eight months in jail. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes, yes, say, yes, like yes. Some, Someone should get a climate protest in there while they're at it. Yeah. I mean, ooh, look. Ooh, that's... Yeah, hey. exactly. It's double up. Yes. Like, yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, there's there's no way that you'd be able to get it done at uh, any other time than six in the morning. I mean, and, and anybody who lives in Sydney and he's been to Vivid in the last few days would know exactly yeah. what it's like in the city at the moment. And I know that that yeah. won't be taking... Um, yeah, the, the complete opposite time of the day but uh yeah it's, um, it's probably the best time to be doing that kind of thing yeah and perhaps of insight for the non-sydney siders yes it is uh the 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 bridge is at the front and center of a lot of our uh sydney tourism material but uh we also try to avoid driving over that whenever possible so uh just mm. that 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 i think illustrates a little bit of the chaos just generally speaking on that bridge and why you can only close it for something for an event that starts very early on uh, a Sunday morning, Sunday twenty fifth of June. But you know, if you if you are willing to brave the bridge um, when it's going to be incredibly cold, then uh, yeah, we've linked to that in the show notes. Also, uh, fifty days to go. I fi- by the way, um, has anyone else done book flights? Because I finally booked mine, so it's and I've got my accommodation as well. So, oh, oh that was done months yes. ago, Eric. Yeah, yes. It's definitely <laughs> on the on the need to be done list. Ah, I mean, yes. flight, I must say, flights aren't too bad in terms of price at the moment. But yeah, that's all right. uh, knowing what internal mm-hmm. flights are like in Australia, I, I may end up catching the train to Brisbane. That does that? Oh, so you would have to stop at the border and get on a different train? If, uh, if the I believe gauge so, is yes. different. Yeah, the gauge is different. Yeah. <sighs> what a country! <laughs> it, it it is. Um, it it. it it's sometimes it's if they change our money when we go over the tweed (laughs) sometimes it behaves like one um cohesive country sometimes it's really six maverick states doing their own thing yeah very (sighs) much so but uh, i like the the different approaches to preparation where magic i acted like i was asking a silly question dale's like oh no i've still got to do that so and i'm i'm somewhere in the middle how are you going stefan because you're trying to travel to new zealand during the tournament Yeah, I've got I've got that sorted. I've got most of my travel and accommodation sorted, but I've still got one or two to go uh, pending results on certain oh, games. So, that yeah. sounds like a night my <laughs> nightmare waiting on knockout yeah. stage results to plan that stuff. I just yeah. yeah. So I've got one or two like that, but most of it's under wraps. Thank you. Yeah, but um, yes, I just I made the decision early on. If if I can watch World Cup uh, knockout um, stage action in Sydney, then I'm already a winner, regardless of who the actual uh, countries are um also i can't remember the date but i have i have um targeted one particular sunday during the tournament to watch the midday i think round of 16 game in sydney and then hopefully call some npl women's in the evening because i think that would be uh, yeah I that would be to, absolutely I perfect i think it's france colombia that's like a two o'clock kickoff in, yeah, yeah. at moore park yeah um, so i've got i got gifted tickets to that so that'll yes. be i'll be maybe i'll be enjoying my my uh my barn mate that we'll be getting on to talking about later <laughs> Yes. Uh, but as I derailed it, talking about travel plans, hope you enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, Football Australia posted. Yep. Yeah, um, less. It's now less than fifty days uh, to uh, the opening games in New Zealand and Australia. And just an update on Legacy Twenty Three funding. I think that's very important. Um, we talk about mm, perhaps the Olympic Stadium in Sydney not always being fit for purpose for our kind of regular sporting usage, if that makes sense, but actually compared to a lot of Olympic venues around the world, it's we're doing pretty well in terms of ongoing usage, but still, of course, it's important that it's not just the sugar hit for the sport that we 
um, try and create some kind of long-lasting legacy. So, and we've linked to an article with details to that. Um, God, I've lost my place. Uh, yes, here we go. Oh, yes. Yeah, I love talking about uh, the media team. Seven's commentary team for uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup headlined at, at least obviously in our own eyes by our friend of the pod, Grace Gill and Elise Keller Knight. Um, sad she couldn't be playing, of course, but at least you'll still be involved with the World Cup. Then we got uh, Mel McLaughlin, uh, David Bashir, Bruce McAvaney, because it's Channel 7, um, Adam Peacock, and Emma Friedman, of um, who a surname may be familiar to horse racing fans. But uh, does anyone have any particularly strong thoughts on that team? Uh, I want to say, this is a callback to before my time, but I do want to say a... Uh... Bruce McAvaney, there is a very good uh, pastiche of Bruce McAvaney calling the 1992 Olympics on, I believe, Full Frontal. Um, and I would love to see him just rattling off talking about teams yes. in the Women's World Cup in that similar vein. Um, he's a, I, I don't know what Bruce's um, knowledge of football is like, but I, I, uh, I am ready to be wowed, put mm. that way. Well, on that, my my guess, my hope is that the AFL references are kept to a minimum, that they don't annoy me. Too. Yeah, that's that's probably yes. my main concern when I saw that. But I'm hoping that Bruce oh. will be the professional oh. and show the respect to the world game that it deserves. Now I'm concerned because AFL um, and race horses. Yeah, uh, yes, I just might yes. be concerned. Mm. Well, now I am concerned because um. As a fan of Ireland, Ireland has produced a lot of AFLW players. Oh, yeah. oh no. Oh, no. Well, good thing I'll be at the games, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. We can always watch an Optus. Yes. Um, <laughs> see. Also, just, I mean, this is for, we'll, we'll link, we've linked to the tweet and um, let's just say the photoshopping could have been better in my opinion. Not that I could have done better, but I'd like to think Channel 7 could have hired someone that is. Um, I, I agree. It is very it's, it's, um, it's, it's a bit closer to graphic design is my passion than I would like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so oh yes, our friends at the Far Post Pod and uh, the legend that is Marissa Lordanic, they've started uh, their own World Cup tipping competition. I actually signed up today and I would love to let the people know that um, uh, that you know, if you, you please join because uh, you're sure to beat me because I've um, ha- ha- I'm going to deliberately um harm my chances with blind loyalty to the girls in green so you know if join in join you won't be last because i think that's uh, that will be my destiny but we've linked to the far post uh, tweet plugging that uh hope to uh, daniel warby is already part of it so you know hopefully uh some other well-known names uh get in there also i noticed something early i was looking at the tips um new zealand versus norway the tips are very heavily favoring new zealand and i'm like what? i was thinking well, that that eight nil against England was really an outlier. I I wouldn't mm. expect that to happen again. In fact, I I'm anticipating some very angry Norwegians looking to set the record straight. And I'm mm. thinking of, of players like Marnham who've been killing it. Yes, just recently. Carolina Graham, like, Graham Hansen. Yeah, that's just mm, it's yeah, like what? there's a big yeah. three. There's a big three of. Yeah. Oh, I've mentioned a Nordic country. Stefan's gotten involved. Great, yeah, yeah. Stefan, come on. <laughs> get angry about this because I can't believe that this. That yeah, this... I, I can't either. They they got a fabulous squad. So I mean, they didn't have their act together a little while ago, but you know, I can't imagine they're going to be the same for a World Cup. Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, New Zealand haven't been really setting oh. the world on fire. We do want the New well, Zealand to sort of get it together a bit more because you do always love to see sort of host nations do well. So um, 
hopefully they can put up a good show. But yeah, that Norway game will definitely be an uphill battle for them, I think. Yes. And um, there's also what I'm also worried because if Norway need need to f- battle for goal difference in the final game against the Philippines, ooh, <laughs> that could that sounds like a real problem for uh, one of the 17 countries for whom I claim heritage. Uh, okay, so uh, we're happy to... Stefan was here, and uh, of course, we love to have him on, but um, one of the reasons he was on is because he published a article recently, a very uh, fine article, which we encourage you to read if you haven't already linked to that on the website and in the pod notes as usual, about the multi-talented Michaela Thornton, who um, is started her career long enough ago to have played for Canberra Eclipse in the Antet Summer Series and is still is still razzling it up in NPL Capital Football and has done a lot of things besides. But Stefan, I think, of course, it's your article, so you can have the first go at uh, talking about this. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Yeah, it's a bit of a long read, but I hope you've, everyone finds it a rewarding read. Um, there's so many strings to Michaela's bow. She's She's got an incredible involvement in football over the years, as, as you said, back, back to Eclipse days. Um, she's also the current Cambria or one of the Cambria United physios at the moment, um, but she's also physioed for the Cambria United youth team back in her early days. Um, she was part of a, a Robbie Hooker's uh, season one um, W League squad for Cambria United as a scholarship player. Uh, and then she was um, one of two players to play in the amazing 10 successive grand final run in uh, under Ant Jagarinik uh, as coach for Belconnen United. Um, so she's got an incredible story there as well. Um, and to top all that off, um, she was the vanguard signing of the Canberra Olympic recruitment coup just over two years ago, which really saw them leap into the an elite top three of the uh, of the um, capital football MPLW uh, scene. So. We spoke for around an hour. There was so much to talk about, um, all, all sorts of things. She, she's also captain, of course, um, several futsal Australia teams, Australian teams overseas and overseas competitions. So, uh, yeah, just uh, fascinating. Uh, there can't, I reckon there can't be a more interesting person in Canberra to talk about uh, with football, just about. Um, she's got so many different angles on things and different a wide variety of experiences. So we had a wonderful chat. And um, hopefully I've captured that in the article and uh, everyone enjoys the read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've yeah, not obviously not as familiar with Michaela as uh, Stefan is. I have seen her play futsal. She's an absolute baller and um, also, you know, does the same thing in, in the outdoor scene. But yeah, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Stefan. Also, my own personal um, uh, perspective, Mikhail Thornton has one of the best lead tattoos in Australian sport. So it's uh, really striking. Stands out as much for that as she does for her play. But yeah, uh, thanks for that one. Yeah, really, really good article that we encourage you, read, to, you to read. Um, the next item was something Cheryl put in because uh, she's uh, very interested in this. Uh, she said it was, I think, what was the phrase she put in the Slack? It's definitely in her wheelhouse. Be in everyone else's wheelhouse, I think. Uh, this collaboration between Lego and the Matildas. Come on, that's um, Look, bringing I, out I, the child in all of us. I know there's a few people that I know who, or, or one person in particular who writes for Beyond 90 has got the tab in on the Lego website open, ready to go for as soon as you can actually buy them. So um, yeah. yes, I'm sure they will go very, very quickly. 
As a former, as a well, I don't know about former. They're not in my possession, but as an owner of the old Lego football uh, setup, uh, I would not be against purchasing these goods. Uh, a lot of people use this kind of stuff as like, you know, your new age meditation. Um, so, you know, mm. if that's your kind of vibe, I would, uh, I would thoroughly recommend this one. The people can uh, get like the full FIFA thing going because I would love to mm. like buy like a whole team set. Um, that sort of stuff that like that'd be amazing yeah. so um but yeah look first steps maybe maybe FIFA will see the light when this goes really well and um organize that partnership into the future yes so that's um yeah of course um the thing i think a, a lot of us have long lamented about uh the experience of being a women's football fan is the spin-offs like this just where's the merchandise we've often asked well this this will help. This will help a lot. And I think good for all of us to express our fandom in, in this way. Uh, let's see. So on IS, um, good thing I can't, I'm going to assume, I can't remember. I think I saw this on Catherine Ilioski's Instagram feed, but um, an odd duo to be coaching kids in Malaysia, but love to see it nonetheless. Savet Uzala and Emma Ilioski. So uh, Savet um, won an Asian Cup when Emma was seven, and now they're together, like helping, um, traveling the world. And that is um, terrifying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying try to do the maths before the before we started. I was just like, like just thinking of those two together. And Savet Uzala, I mean, uh, also uh, she's uh, done a she's played a little bit for the Central Coast Mariners football New South Wales League One women's team this season. And basically, I imagine being the mom to what is a very very mm. young squad that's trying to get promotion to uh, the New South Wales top division. But yeah, the video that we linked to, loved it. Emma, who I have interviewed, and I would say that is my favorite article that I've ever written for Beyond 90, my piece on Emma Ilioski. She is, well, she's not a teenager anymore, but uh, she was, I think, the smartest teenager in the country. And uh, her quotes and her drive to better herself both on and off the field is really inspirational. So yes, well, uh, great to see uh, that uh, from, you know, um, someone who's done it for the green and gold and someone who maybe in the future um, yeah, become a senior Matilda in her own right. So uh, we're, we're drowning in um, youth national teams at the moment. Actually, this isn't in the notes, but before I forget, uh, we waited till late on a Monday night because we wanted to uh, see the result of the young Matildas, their second uh, qual group stage game for this campaign against Iran. Well, uh, the young Matildas won a three nil, uh, one goal from Maya Loba of MacArthur Rams and a double from Carly Johnson of Western United and Manly United. So uh, was anyone able to watch that uh, Vietnamese stream that shout out to Liana for getting that done? I, I did. <laughs> I did. It was, um, it was, I mean, uh, it was pretty hairy. I mean, like there were tackles flying in everywhere, to mm. be perfectly honest. Um, it wasn't as hot. We were talking about this mm. prior to coming on uh, on tonight. Um, the game on uh, the game on Saturday night was like absurdly hot. It was 34 degrees at, you know, mm -hmm. seven o'clock, five o'clock in the evening over there. Um, and there were drinks breaks and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't necessarily help because obviously kind of running around in soup in, in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. I think uh, the young Matildas kind of kept their heads when when they had um, you know they had every right to get frustrated. They had a few really good opportunities that they didn't take. The Iranian keeper had a really good game. I was really impressed mm. with her. She made a few really good saves. Mm. Um, and yeah, Carly Johnson took two really good goals. Uh, Maya Lobos' uh, goal was 
slightly more elementary, a bit mm. a uh, disastrous marking would be the word that I would use, uh, <laughs> allowing a player of her stature to have a free header from a corner in the six-yard box would not be up there with my pieces of advice. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with Iran. Generally speaking, a pretty um, well put together tactical um, and technical team. Um, but you know, the the difference between uh, players that are kind of trying to play in a pro- as professional environment as possible and uh, and Iran's setup was was pretty evident. Um, but I will say uh, they're definitely honourable mentions in this week's Queen of the Week because they were playing in headscarves, long sleeves, and mm. long pants, um, which is you know my idea of not a great time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, young Matilda's very impressive tonight. Yeah, there's actually there's a Blacktown Spartans reserves player that uh, named Rade Mohammadi who does the same. And well, I mean, possibly a bit easier in. Uh, the uh, the Sydney winter, but still, it's yeah. Uh, you hope that material is as thin as it needs yeah. to be because breathable and yes. breathable and modern. Um, yep. I remember when uh, Afghanistan was still well; they were signed with Hummel, and they had a that a series of uh, sporting hijabs that Hummel put out in the national team colours um, oh, that you could purchase. Nice. Nike that's does nice. them as well. That's nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether Iran, with all the sanctions and stuff, um, have access to that. But yeah, they were they were pretty impressive tonight, all things mm. considered. Yeah. Uh, did anyone also watch um, the five 0 win for the Young Killies over Lebanon earlier? Just... Yeah, yeah, watched a bit of that. Um, just a shout out though to Chloe Lincoln for captaining tonight. Um, mm. Talking about earlier, I think Jessica Nash is like the captain on the tour, but she was on the bench today, mm-hmm. so they. They gave the captain's armband to to Chloe. Yeah. So as as Dale said, it was stinking hot. There was a a player at, after eighteen minutes who went off with heat stress in that in that first game. Um, and I think we managed the subs very well. We we scored twice in the first fifteen, managed the subs uh, well in the second half to keep some energy going, to get three goals in the second half. But uh, it was a good performance as well. Yeah, so good to see. And hopefully they can get the uh, clean sweep, the Young Tillies, in their final game against uh, Vietnam. And then on they go to the, what is it? It'd be the Asian, oh God, I can't, too many tournaments, the Asian Under-20 tournament uh, next year. And that's qualified for the World Under-20 World Cup. Got there in the end. Um, yes. And of course, there's also the Junior Matildas. So it, I think it, Possibly a lot of players that we are yet to see in any great detail, but good to see um, players like her. Born in 2007, 2008, and 2009, will be touring South Korea. So I think uh, shake shake of the heads all around us. But father time's getting to all of us here at Beyond 90. Mm, Grandfather time for some of us. Oh, yes. And by some of us, Dale means me. But (laughs) um, yeah, so um, the, the... Junior Matildas, Australia under-17 team, two-game series against the Korea Republic um, in up there, uh, Tuesday 6th of June and Friday 9th of June. So, um, uh, uh, Madge, uh, I think I've, I think it's a bit, I'm being a bit of a goldfish, but I have asked you uh, a bit about these Queensland players. I don't think you've seen much, but, you know, Shayla Williams, the Levy Park. I haven't seen a lot, but um, there's a, uh, there's a colleague Paul of mine. At- Grace Kulamu. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a colleague of mine from work who keeps popping in because his daughter plays around Brisbane and mm. and he's raving about um, Lily Punch and mm. um, Grace Kalamu. So um, <clears throat> there's a couple to, to look out for, I think. 
Lily Punch, that is I a love pun that friendly name. name. That's a great it's name. So, yep. And it's, uh, it's uh, good to see Lily Punch's talent really blossoming, and that's been spotted by Ray Dower. Uh, also, Stefan, you would have seen some of the, the – wait, is there only one capital football player? Just what? the one, yeah, George. Just the one, but it's – we're, fam- we're familiar with that family, aren't we? We are. We are very familiar. Yeah, good on her. She's she's had a really great year, Georgia. She's um, been uh, selected several um, training camps and squads and things. And, um, you know, of course, was also in the Cambrian United squad this year. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see. Yep. And, of course, it's, uh, in case you don't know who I'm referring to, Georgia's mother, Helen, is basically the woman behind the best merchandise department in the dub, Cambrian United. And um, yes, and, and um, I just remember a story. It was uh, she's also behind Even Playing Field, who you may have seen on Instagram. But um, when uh, they were putting out posts about, I couldn't find um, women's specific kit uh, for my daughter, who's a young goalkeeper, and uh, was trying to get into the sport. Well, Georgia is that goalkeeper, so it's mm-hmm. good, good to see all that kind of coming together. I'm not that familiar with a lot of these uh, players although uh a shout out to my employers manly united and their young star sienna dale who it just really came out of nowhere she's only recently turned 16 is already like a nailed on first grader when she's not on international duties so uh yes it's good to see a lot of these literal children they're already um some of them already getting good first grade minutes in npl but yeah i think the other point i wanted to say was as australia prepare for upcoming group against um bank with bangladesh vietnam and the philippines in september yeah uh one of the reasons i remember ray dow saying this at some point in the last five years that the reason they do this is just it's it's all the off-field stuff uh they all want to be senior matildas well it's teaching them just how to manage themselves in a different mm-hmm. culture different language different food etc the travel the short turnaround between games which is a hallmark of um afc competition so this is the first step for these youngsters best of luck to them and we'll keep you updated with how they go in that two match series on the next podcast so um as one Australian joins Tottenham, another leaves. Kaya Simon, uh, there's the post coming out that her time at Tottenham has come to the end. I think it's it's been tough for, I think, one of um, uh, one of the great Matildas, certainly in recent times at least, and a Western Sydney legend. But it's just, the injuries haven't been kind to uh, Kaya mm-hmm. over the, in recent times. We hope uh, the next move works out better for her. But yeah, it's just... I don't, don't know what your thoughts are. I thought I was really excited when she signed this Tottenham deal, and like a lot of things related to Tottenham, hasn't worked out, worked out quite worked out the way people wanted. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, she was definitely one of the players who we had expected to see so much more from in uh, the WSL, and I think that it's yeah, as you say, it's just a shame that uh, you know, injuries have kind of gotten the better of her, especially obviously with the knee injury um, recently, but it's, um, yeah, it's just a shame that she only, I'm just having a look now, she only managed 14 appearances with Spurs, uh, probably a little bit out of date, but yeah, but not enough appearances um, to kind of, like she was, she was, you know, a hallmark in the first team, but um, I think, as I said, that that knee uh, injury really, uh, really did her in, unfortunately. Um, as to where she goes from here, um, I'm not sure. It is interesting to me also that she was uh, let go while she was injured. I know that obviously that there, like she would be covered under kind of FIFA Pro and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, 
I guess it's never a good look when a team lets an injured player like that go. But um, yeah, hopefully she finds something. Um, hopefully, hopefully she finds something in in Europe because I mean she's been over there since 2020. She was with PSV previously, so mm. hopefully she stays over there and picks up picks up another role. Mm. Yep. Or does she do a does she do a Legazo and come back to the dub? Is... I mean, it's not a bad point. Um, she's uh i think she's 31 um so i mean yeah she's 31 she's a 1991 baby i'm just having a look now yeah only two i mean it, it could even be year, so. for like the first half of a dub season yeah. then you've got a transfer mm-hmm. window uh to possibly head back over so you know getting back from her injury getting some game time in the legs it's you know not off the cards i wouldn't think I mean, maybe we'll see her running around in in, w, uh, in the W uh, W sorry MPLW. I mean, if she's going to be back mm-hmm. trying to get you know uh, minutes in the legs ahead of twenty twenty four, you've got to start mm-hmm. somewhere. So, yep. Kai Simon coming to an MPLW reserves pitch near you potentially. <laughs> and uh, yes, well, no, a little bit. Like there are registration windows, but special dispensation can be granted. Many things are possible in the wonderful world of NPL. Uh, yep. We we have uh, listed the Dolan Warren Award winners. I won't uh, go through the whole list, but uh, was it you making the point to me, Dale, off mic, that Alex Chudiak, the congratulations to Chids, uh, our latest Julie Dolan medal winner, but I think really, really racking up those uh, Julie Dolan points early on in the season. Yeah, shades, yeah. Of, uh, shades of Nathan Burns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I, think, I mean, like, it's a hard, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like all those players, like there would have been a bunch of players from Sydney taking points off of each other. Same probably with Western United. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. Alex being such a, a standout uh, for the victory game after game that she that she was available. Um, yeah, giving obviously giving her the edge. So, mm. I and I like I when you look at those. Uh, awards um having a look at you know uh fans player of the year being uh Corte Rojas is to me very funny because I feel like there is a whole country just voting for her yeah a whole country um, but, shout out to you Michelle Morris yeah but I mean I wouldn't like I'm looking at this and you know women's young footballer of the year which I believe is any player under the age of 23 yeah um like Sarah Hunter winning that I think is you know a pretty good indication of, of where she's at. I think that she was the best young player in the year, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have had a problem with her winning the dollar medal, to be yeah. honest. Oh, yeah. that's, that's a good point. Um, yeah, and I think Mark, Mark Tocasso's coach of the year, that would have been the easiest one to pick, surely. Oh, that's yeah, just, that was nailed on. That's, yeah. And uh, hey, Stefan, your team won Fair Play Award. How about we that? Did, we did, but I was also very pleased to see Vesna uh, Milivojevic and Michelle Heyman placed in the top five of the, um, of the um, footballer of the year, player of the year. So that was... I thought that was cool as well. Mm. It does yeah, give me yeah. vibes of like um, the difference. This is a rugby league reference, but the difference between like the Dally M and the Roth, the old Rothmans medal, which we shouldn't be mentioning cigarette sponsors on here, but mm-hmm. one was voted for by, one was voted for by the media, if I recall correctly, and the mm-hmm. other was voted for by referees. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously there's kind of, you know, referees aren't meant to have, bias and they kind of get much more of a feel of the game and they you know deal with the characters a little bit more but yeah i think um it i I guess that's the problem that you have with any 
you know, game by game or four votes a season or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Voting system. Um, you know, yeah. you see it in the NBA, you see it in see it in, in the Premier League, you see it everywhere. It's just mm-hmm. a just a symptom of the symptom of the voting system. Yeah, yeah. and every voting system of course has its um, weaknesses. Mm. How is the is the Julie Dole medal done on three two one votes for every game or differently? I'm not sure. I remember that there was uh, there was a point, I think it's three two one, but there was a point where votes were tallied three times during the season oh, yeah, yeah. and I think you had to give a, a three two one for like who your best players were and they tallied like thirty people. Okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, this is a little bit above my pay grade, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Uh gonna assume Samantha Lewis is one of the voters because yeah, I, yeah, that's cannot confirm or deny, but I'm also not gonna deny. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, good uh and the um of course the they have to tie this to men's football which is why we wait until so long after the dub season to have this but good to see um all these people rewarded now onto the champions league final and Madge, i think this is your time to shine because you um as you mentioned you stayed up late with some adult beverages and watched the thriller yeah and look i was so excited in the first half i thought mm-hmm. we were gonna get an upset but the inevitability happened and um and Barcelona came came raging, raging back. But I mean, yeah, Wolfsburg. Look, and I must say, I think I think Barcelona. It was it was more that Wolfsburg really just took the took the the few chances they had in in mm. that first half, and that goal off of the um the Lucy Lucy Bronze uh sort of some some hard pressing Lucy Bronze giving up um giving up the ball. What a strike! That was a, a very very um nice goal. Um. I should have all of the goal scorers up, but I don't. Um, but yeah, it's, it's oh, and it. I think we were, we were chatting about this as we were watching um, one of the NPL game on the weekend. But it's 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 a pity that one of the games, one of the goals that Wolfsburg gave up as Barcelona came back was a bit of a calamitous one. Sort of you know, a defender kicking the ball into another defender um, and just sort of like putting it on a platter. For Barcelona, but um, you can't say that Barcelona didn't deserve it. Um, mm. Just too much quality at the end. But but look, a really fun game. I think going into it, I thought that you know possibly Barcelona may run away with it fairly easily. But uh, but um, you know Wolfsburg going ahead in the first half uh, really really made it an entertaining spectacle. Yeah, yeah, and- I tend to agree. I mean, it's as you say, like Wolfsburg kind of took their first two opportunities. Uh, Pyle's goal. Yeah. Just woof. It's the same as uh, like I think it was Amandine Henri last year. Um, just absolute tracer bullet into the top corner, which was lovely. And I mean, the point that you make around like Lucy Bronze getting pressed, I guess that my that would be my comparison to like that's a hugely uncharacteristic error for Bronze to make. And then you look at as you say the the third goal that Barcelona scored, and like their assist was somebody getting kicked in the face. <laughs> you know that sometimes that's how football goes. Like. Mm. And it's not, you know, that, you know, football's a cruel game. And, um, you know, sometimes the worst things happen to the best people. Um, but I was really impressed with Wolfsburg, the kind of grit that they showed in defending. They only had 35% of the ball across the game. Yep. And, like, for them to have limited Barcelona to, to three goals, they only had nine shots on target as well. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty impressive. I, I know that uh, they, I mean, it's not much consolation, but, you know, they did themselves very proud. Um, unfortunately, proud does not lift trophies. 
But I mean, it's also if you're Germany going to a World Cup and Alex Pop is still jumping mm. up and heading balls into the goal, you'd be pretty happy. Uh, and, you know, and that team, you know, there's a lot of German players or Germany national team players on that on that team. So they should be uh, ready and pumping to go for a World Cup. But yes, unfortunately, not quite the quality across the board to be able to knock off the extremely strong Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're pre- pretty hard to deny the quality aqu- across the pitch there in that team. Fun fact, uh, Alex Pop is only uh, six months, oh, she's only two months uh, older than Kai Simon. Mm-hmm. Here's more useless stats that yes. we don't know what to do with. Yeah, just... Uh... Yes, I, as as I, I this I'm not I'm not dumb silent in judgment because I do love a random <laughs> date of birth comparison, just because mm. uh, yeah sometimes you get some surprising ones. Yeah, the Junior Matildas and Us. me going to uni. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm like, uh, I say back back to the Panini cards that I keep harping on about. What I really like is when I go onto my digital album, you can look back at the, like the last three. Uh, sets mm. of cards and just seeing people and i did actually look at alex pop the other day and she just went from looking like a baby uh, from back in germany um to now so um, one of the veterans of the game and, and a wizened a wizened woman <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway uh let's Let's get on with this before we get caught up in too much silliness. But this is really an episode about cup finals because we had um, Aussie's success in a couple of cup finals overseas. Uh, Jacinta Galabadarachti and her um, Celtic team defeated Rangers uh, in all from Derby in a cup final, but Celtic winning by two goals to nil. Hey, I can pronounce Galabadarachti, but not Sesqui Centennial. Great. <laughs> but uh, we've linked to a really nice tweet uh, from the Scottish Cup account about... Uh, you're just the, the kind of behind the scenes, which is good to see leagues producing that content more and more. And also, Joe Montemuro um, led Juventus to the Coppa Italia, uh, defeated Roma by goal to nil, a 93rd or third minute of second half stoppage time, 90 plus three minute winner from Barbara Bonanseo. So, yeah, Aussies uh, getting in amongst uh, those cup victories, lifting the trophies, great stuff. Now, of course, Stefan's here would be ashamed uh, to not utilize his Nordic expertise. So there's been, as usual, plenty happening with uh, the part of the world that a lot of Aussies go to. So take it away, please. Yeah, there has. Um, just starting on cup finals, though, the, uh, the Svenska cup final is on tomorrow evening too as well, yeah. uh, between um, Kyra Cooney Crosses, Hammerby and um, Ivy <coughs> Lewis, uh, BK Heckens. So it should, should be a great game. Um, so they, they have a busy week. But uh, starting starting over in Norway, where we had top, the top Syrian twelfth round, um, Larissa Kramer played a full game, but was unable to repeat the heroics of last game, where she scored a double and got an assist, uh, notably against tougher opposition this week in Rosenborg, where they went down two nil. Uh, over in Sweden, it was round eleven of the Damal Svenskan and um, Ivy Lewicks. BK Hacken is sitting on top of the ladder after all, a one nil win over Christian Stads. Uh, Ivy played a, a full a full game, and the winner came in at a time, so a late one there. Um, Kyra Cooney crosses Hammondby, won two one over Chelsea Dorvers uh, no chirping. Uh, Kyra assisted on the second Hammondby goal, played the full match, and Chelsea came on late for her team. Um, what else happened? Minnie and, and Charlie um, 
so Katrina Gorey and Charlie Grant both um, played in Vizio's one-all draw against Kalmar. That that was a home game, so they'd be a bit disappointed with that. With Kalmar being the the um, the bottom side of the uh, the ladder at the moment, uh, Claire Polkinghorne still not uh, named in a match day squad. And finally, a big win to Rosengard, um, Tegan Micah's team, where she hasn't she also hasn't taken the field for quite some time. But they beat fellow mid-table team Vecco seven uh, one, and that's jumped them up to fifth place. Um, so yeah, over to you, um, Eric for Denmark. Yes. So uh, thanks, Stefan. And the big news in Denmark is AGF. They'll be in the elite. They'll be in the Kvindaliga, the elite division, in the top flight next season. So they defeated B ninety three or Ball Club ninety three. I think is the full name. Two one at home. And yet another full game for Matilda McNamara. Ali Green also on from the start, got about an hour. And yeah, just like uh, the season before, AGF are successful in um, successful in the promotion relegation playoffs that Denmark have. And uh, Matilda McNamara yet to miss, miss a minute in the entirety of AGF's league season with one game to go. Uh, now, also in Denmark, yeah, uh, the the drum that Madge and I keep banging started Winona Heatley and you'll win. Well, it happened again. Winona Heatley started and played 75 minutes for FC Nordschland. They won 3-1 at home against Third Thisted Q. I have no idea how to pronounce, to pronounce anything with Q on the end of it. But anyway, and um, so that's a bit better as uh, Nordschland prepare for their cup final because uh, they're in yeah they're in the Danish cup final against Fortuna Hearing. And we talk about all these Aussies. Very oddly enough, Hearing for Fortuna do not at this in this particular season or this point of the season, have any Australians. Very unusual for them. Um, just briefly, we got NWSL results. Uh, well, the uh, we'll just breeze over that. The Aussies didn't play. Um, so, yes. Uh, might as well throw back to you, Stefan. You mentioned the Federation Cup final. Yeah, let's take us through another cup final. Yeah, it was a tremendous event, I have to say, down at Deakin Stadium. So the the Chavapis were on fire. and uh... Yes. Well, I hope they yeah, weren't literally on fire because that's not the best way to cook them. But sorry, no, right. no, they, were, they were they were awesome though. I really enjoyed my chevapi there. Um, really tremendous occasion. So kudos to all involved. Um, the officials were tremendous. Both teams played in wonderful spirit. Uh, ended up being a three-two win to uh, Belcon United over Gungahlin. Um There was a ten-minute period in about the twentieth minutes of the first half where. Ginger Oliver scored a breakaway goal, perhaps slightly against the runner play at that point um, for Gungahlin. And then um, in quick fashion, Belconnen United applied through uh, left-back Lisa Carey, who made an amazing run into the penalty area and slotted. And um, then Peltine, who really troubled um, the Gungahlin defence in the first half with a very quick feat, showing why she's being being selected for, for Junior Matilda squads and... Um, this year, so um, so yes, it was uh, two one up to Belcon at half time. Ginger Oliver came out and within ten seconds of the start of the second half, brought it back to two two. And um, I think it's probably fair to say Bel- the Belco team um, had more of the play for the balance of the half. And so in the ninety fourth minute, it was Captain Talia Backhouse who rose on a at the back post on a, on a corner and uh, nodded one in. Into the top left corner to uh, to raptures for the for the Bel- Blue Devils. So this was um, Van Gallen's second go to Federation Cup final. So they haven't taken the spoils, but um, on on either occasion, of course, uh, Belconnen have done this a few times now. But um, 
you can see in the article that's coming up the smiles on the faces of both the teams after the game and it just shows you what great spirit the game was played in um they, they both both captains congratulated each other on on the way the game was played and it was just a joy to watch from the stands i have to say so really good occasion well done to capital football for putting it on in, in good fashion funny old day we had rain and sun and and everything but uh yeah tremendous occasion happy to be there yeah Lovely stuff. Well wrapped up. And yes, you've um, observed your own cup action in Queensland match. Yes, we've had a quarterfinal action in the uh, the Kappa Super Cup, um, and some uh, you know some pretty exciting games. Uh, Lions took on Eastern Suburbs. So actually, a bit of a replay of uh, the top of the table in NPL at the moment. Uh, it was one all after regular time, um, which, you know, Eastern Suburbs went ahead, but then not Lions were able to force it into extra time. It went to penalties and Lions came out again, a bit like Barcelona, a bit inevitable. Um, Lions uh, continuing on uh, in their quest to to um, repeat their, their uh, Kappa Cup victories from last year, but yet yeah, they're into the semifinals, but probably the game of, of the quarterfinals was uh, Brisbane City taking on South United. So Brisbane City, I think, leading the second division FQPL um, here in Southeast Queensland. A uh, bunch of sort of raw players, so um, Talitha Kramer, um, uh, Sean Fryer, um, sort of playing for them as well this season. Uh, but it was the, well, South ended up taking taking the game up with a big comeback. They, they took it out 4-3. Thanks to Tamar Levin basically just going off with a just two absolute banger goals to to draw level and then win the game for South United. So really exciting game there uh, as well. In the other two games, Mitchelton uh, in they're from MPL in the the top flight, uh, defeating Gold Coast Knights, who are, are rapidly improving. Uh, well, actually, I think this might be the first season that they've had a women's team, but um few names there Kikitano who played for Raw a couple of seasons ago uh playing for them um but yes so Mitchelton won that one 4-1 uh, and then from the northern I'm going to call it the northern conference I'm not sure exactly what they call it but um MA Olympic uh defeated mm-hmm. the Fraser Flames 5-0 and then an MPL action um so don't not quite sure on what the um what the semi-final matchups are going to be mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they might do a draw um to decide what they're going to be, but um, I'm sure we'll find out soon what those matchups will be. Uh, round 16 of MPL Queensland, uh, we had South United taking on Capalaba, and again, um, Tamar Levin with another absolute cracker from outside the box uh, to put South ahead, but Capalaba sort of scoring uh, later in the game to draw that one, one all. Uh, Pen Power defeating Sunshine Coast Wanderers 2-0. Queensland Lions going along their merry way against the uh, Brisbane Olympic who are sort of uh, down near the bottom of the table. But yeah, Lions took that one out 4-0 with a, a hat trick to Tegan Riding, of course. Uh, and then the game that I went to, which was a really, really cracking game. I sort of I looked I looked at the, the matchups and went, this is probably going to be the pick of the round. And I think it probably was. Eastern Suburbs defeating Mitchelton uh, 3-2. Mitchelton went, went ahead with a shot cross that was actually almost just going to be uh, a cross into the goal, but it was just towed in um, in the first minute, basically. 
Uh, but then, yeah, Eastern Suburbs uh, went ahead, scored three goals. Uh, Mitchelton came back late with with another goal, which made it really interesting by the end of the game. But no, East um, held on for the 3-2 win. Thanks so much, Madge. Plenty going on in Queensland. Uh, Dale, before I just uh, launch into all my various football New South Wales agendas, did you have any particular takes on the week, the week's NPL New South Wales action? Uh, no, but I did want to highlight um, the stupidest game of football that's ever existed, which was Central Coast 5, Northwestern Spirit, oh, uh, Northwest Sydney Spirit yes. 4 in the Sapphire Cup. Football is a stupid game. Silly, yeah. silly sport. Uh, one all at halftime in the 90 minutes, 2-2 two, two at full time, 3-3 three, three at halftime and extra time, and then 5-4 at full time. Um, Central Coast are, I believe, top of League One. They are, the second oh, no, in, ooh, second, but with a game in hand. On yeah, top. They're one of the, yeah. That, they'll be one of the team's best or most favoured to come up into NPL yes. Women's next year in New South Wales. Um, they have a whole bunch of really good players at the mm-hmm. moment um, who were probably unlucky not to be getting contracts in NPL women's but um yeah fantastic to see them they're one of the two league one teams that remain the other is Mount Druitt Town Rangers who play in the worst kit in the history of football oh although um, their weight kit is better though much much better yeah so it's... they play in this kind of like uh, I described it today as a Midori Goon Sunrise <laughs> it's basically a yellow to dark green gradient shirt but then the shorts are also like green at the top and yellow at the bottom in a gradient it's oh. awful Oh, God. Um, just like graphic, the big graphic design is my passion areas. Um, <laughs> yes. Sometimes you need to say no, and somebody so, should have said no. Somebody um, should. But but we have had the round four, a uh, round five draw, uh, and those games will be played on the fourteenth of this month, which is yeah. next week, I believe. Yes, yeah, yes. it's already coming up. Yeah, they like to keep two weeks between the games, so yeah. to be a bit. Sorry, to be a bit pedantic, uh, around the 14th, so sometime between Tuesday be, the yeah, 13th yeah. and Thursday the 15th. There's uh, still so a game to be played, so there is, yeah, I mean, that one, we have yeah. to figure those kind of things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but um, I, I think Dale's description of um, the Mount Druid kit is actually possibly the clearest example of one man's trash is another man's treasure, because I yeah. like the kit, Dale. Well, you know, I am, sometimes I am a sick, sick man. So you are. I'm sure your guard dog is doing well, but here we go. <laughs> so, oh yeah, my vision is failing. I've noticed that during yeah. commentary. But yeah, so uh, the round five draw, or possibly you could, or you could call it the quarterfinals if you want. Uh, although I think that officially it's round five of the Sapphire Cup. Uh, home teams listed first: Manly United versus Glazeville Ravens, Sydney University versus Macarthur Rams, Mount Druitt Town Rangers versus RPL Leichhardt. Good luck, Mount Druitt, and Central Coast Mariners versus the winner of Bankstown City and Northern Tigers. That yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched a couple of Sapphire Cup games during the week, and yeah, Mount Druitt absolutely ripped my heart out by defeating Hills United at Bella Vista Public School, but they well deserved. And uh, Hills United at least got some revenge on Mount Druitt. They beat them. One nil in the league at Poppendetta Park um, on on the weekend. Uh, other cup observations from round four: Darcy Malone scored again in another cup game as Macarthur defeated SD Raiders three nil. Um, Sydney University uh, made people wait, but the three late goals meant um, Sydney took care of South Coast Flame. Uh, Gladesville Ravens defeated Winuna Sharks by seven goals to nil. Actually, nice of them to do one of those joint post-match photos where the two teams were kind of intermingled. Yeah, so that was they were nice. the uh, they were like Winuna were the last association yeah, team yeah, left yeah. in the comp. So, yes. like, nice nice scenes. Nice sense. And uh, had to put up with quite 
that's their that's at least their second long midweek trip after they defeated um, Brookvale from Sydney's Northern Beaches away on yeah. penalties in the previous round. Uh, yeah, the one I watched and the one I worked at, Manly United snuck past Marconi Stallions by a goal to nil. Marconi from League One. Uh, nice finish from Paige Kingston Hogg uh, near the end of the first half. That's what settled it. A great assist from Gemma Simon, and you could see why Manly brought her in. She was real leadership, like kind of providing that. Uh, a lot of the attacking drive, even from left back. And then uh, Blacktown Spartans nil, RPL Leichhardt 4, probably to be expected, but uh, former Spartan Rihanna Policina with a couple of goals there. And yeah, so in the week, uh, check out the absolute banger that Rola Bartawia scored for Spirit against Bulls, about 40 yards out. She sent it right over the top of Bulls keeper Trudy Burke. So Spirit won by three goals to one. More good work from Spirit coach, the Maltese mastermind, Tiana Gauchi. Uh, Stingrays, uh, this might be the start of them turning around their season. They've had, I mean, this is a bit blunt. They've had a shocker to start the season, but they defeated Olympic 3-1 away and Olympic are doing pretty well. Um, I've put, I've typed this wrong in the show notes. I typed the score I wanted, not the score that actually happened. Spartans uh, came from behind to defeat Manly United by two goals to one. I was on the mic to see my employers give up the lead. That was great. But the sole consolation, the match-winning double from Philippines international Carly Frillis. Uh, MacArthur Rams defeated Sydney University three goals to nil. Again, check out NPL News FL socials because just like that roller bar to weird goal, a great long range free kick from um, the Kiwi Kelly Brown. Uh, Northern Tigers defeated Glacial Ravens by two goals to one. And um, Emerging Jets two, RPL Leichhardt six. And despite what the match report says, Ashley Croft scored four times, not three times. So, yeah, that's. May have caused a bit of consternation on social media, but yeah, four for Ashley Crofts, two for Holly McNamara, and Claire Adams scoring twice for the Jets. So Ashley Crofts is now leading the Golden Boot race with 12, 12 goals at the halfway mark of the season. Institute versus Bankstown City is postponed due to Institute having many players in the Young Matilda squad. Yeah, I don't know if they even have, they have any under under 15s left at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's off an international duty. Yeah, it's. Um, it's uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, possibly a chance to watch some midweek action at Valentine Sports Park later on. But yeah, we've that's uh, uh, we've done a lot of uh, football as usual. Now time to the best bit of this podcast. It's always the best bit: Queens, Kings, and Emperors of the week. I'll just start with. But I saw quite a bit that I decided I decided to speak on behalf of Beyond Ninety because we all love this. Uh, the first one, Sally um, Jean Davis. Yeah, that's her. Or you may know her, Sally Shepard. Uh, she's out of hospital, and it was uh, kind of the rough news that we saw a couple of months ago. But uh, good to see Sally is on the mend, and Sally will always be a queen of the week to us. And secondly, um, Emily Van Egmond is engaged. We love an engagement. Uh, we love them just like we love babies on this podcast. So Emily can be queen of the week on behalf of uh, everyone at Beyond 90. And then Cheryl has just decided, like, the, possibly the safest possible choice for a, que- a section of queens on this podcast. Cheryl just wants to celebrate all the Matildas. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I did say that. That's very funny. That's very good. Well said, but. Yeah, uh, the Matilda's alumni Twitter account is um, happy 30th birthday to, I think, what we call that FIFA-endorsed women's international football, because mm-hmm. I think the 35th anniversary of FIFA's first ever women's tournament kickoff in China, the Matilda's were there being, and yes, so shout out to all the pioneers, and I encourage you to look at the tweet we've embedded, because my goodness, look at those hairstyles. Wow. <laughs> um, I've talked enough. Uh, Stefan, uh who which selection of people are you going to talk about 
before I talk about mine, I have to ask you while I'm while I'm on, Eric, how did Laura Hughes go? She Laura Hughes played like a Laura Hughes, so it was exactly as we expected. Um, <laughs> it just um, actually, okay, I think we've joked, especially on because of a stint in Iceland about the yellow cards. She actually. Um, a cooler cooler heads will look at the rest of her career she doesn't actually get booked that often but uh so yeah just combative but yeah like i mean she's going to turn 22 soon i think in fact she may have turned 22 by the time people listen to this podcast but yeah showing all the experience great techniques spinning away from trouble all the time she breezed past a couple of defenders to set up manly's goal and uh, she will be a great signing for us and she will make my job so much happier to do yeah. um but we just need just uh, need to um take advantage of the good periods in games when we have them but yeah laura was great and um just uh do not be alarmed she was wearing number 97 on the weekend that will not be her permanent number we just needed a shirt for her but rest assured she will wear something more conventional i'm I'm looking forward to many further laura hughes updates from you on the podcast thank you on um well they've they've got to be fitting with all my other agendas so (laughs) that's um, right patience patience young grasshopper (laughs) uh yes Um, uh, your, yes, your... I, think I, I think I waxed lyrical about the uh, the Federation Cup games. So my 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 kings, queens, and uh, emperors, uh, all those involved, both sides, the officials, and everyone has mentioned. So yeah, wonderful occasion. So congrats, everyone. Yes. So Cheryl's picked the entire history of a national team, and Stefan's <laughs> picked a cup final. It's very general. I feel much better about selecting three queens of the week now. Ah, uh, yes, yes. So yeah, um, this one isn't as lighthearted, but um, important match important match who have you selected yeah so i think uh slightly um going on from your point about the celebrations about the matildas uh you know competing in that first fifa endorsed um tournament one of the pioneers of women's football in this country uh has passed uh elaine watson uh and that you know the tributes um i think it's just come out this afternoon and the tributes have been flowing in from uh from fans and and people involved in football uh throughout the afternoon uh an absolute legend of the game and and from from an an administrator point of view sort of like one of those real pioneers of of pushing uh the women's game forward um ensuring that you know that competitions and and teams were developed and competitions were, were made available for women's football throughout the years um so just uh, I'm just looking at the the Football Australia um, tribute mm. that, that's happened. So in 1975, she was the foundation president of the Queensland Women's um, Association, uh, later serving as the national president and Oceania uh, president for eight years, was a team manager for the Australian team that went to the 1978 um, World Invitational Tournament in Taiwan uh, and served as tour leader for the uh Oceania Cup and tour leader for the 1988 Pilot World Cup in China. So, um, a huge loss uh, for those who've who've grown up with women's football in this country. An absolute um, legend, without which we probably wouldn't be where we are today. Uh, without these, um, you know, pioneering women really pushing the game forward uh, over decades. So, um, Vale um, to Elaine Watson. I think the, yeah, I mean, we always love, we love to hire the players, the coaches and uh, the referees as well, but the administrators who often 
just go unnoticed, but without whom we can't really do football at any level. Well, it's good to pay tribute to those as well. So great words from Madge and from uh, Football Australia as well to publicize the passing of Elaine Watson, who's done so much. Uh, uh, Dale, uh, so who have you selected uh, this week? Uh, I mentioned before uh, that I would definitely give an honourable mention this week to the Iranian women's under-20s. I was thoroughly impressed with them today. Uh, They were definitely up against it and they played fantastically. I've got to be be quite honest with you. But my king of the week this week is Albo, everybody's favourite current serving Prime Minister, namely because he's the only one. Uh, (laughs) Anthony Albanese went and visited the uh, young Matildas in camp today. Uh, he's in Vietnam at the moment, uh, savouring the local delicacies of Marrickville, including a Thai be- a Vietnamese beer and a banh mi. Um, and yeah, he was out there getting, he was there, there, was there with the uh, Prime Minister of Vietnam and uh, the players from the Vietnamese uh, national women's team and the Australian under-20s. Uh, and just having a quick look here, this was also seen as a send, or it was built as a send-off for the... Uh, women's uh vietnamese women's national team ahead of the world cup as well so lovely to see he was presented with a jersey uh, from both sides and yeah you know football diplomacy oh the whole world likes football who knew yes but yeah albo gets my king of the week for promoting both football and good times yes and uh, apparently um football good at um promoting diplomacy in asia who would have yeah who could have thought who 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 why did someone tell us this earlier also if you're familiar with sydney's demographics you'll know how funny it is to travel for nine hours to then have a ban me which i i feel like i mean in a lot of out of in a lot of places in Sydney, you don't even have to walk for nine minutes to get a bun. The delicious, I mean, delicious bun. I mentioned this off mic before we started, but I think it was Batuta that said, Albo, uh, we have these at home, Albo says, of bun me while in Hanoi. We uh, certainly which, I, which is, I mean, he lives like five minutes from one of the most famous bun me roll shops in, uh, bun me shops in Sydney. So, uh, look, if it helps us sell more wheat and barley to the Vietnamese, then more for it. Yep. Well said, Dale. So, yep. Uh, as I said, I've got three queens. So first, on that theme of administrators, and it's friend of Beyond Money former administrator Angela Christian Wilkes. And so there's a lovely words on Instagram from her, the club that uh, she plays and work and does volunteer work for, Melbourne University. So basically, yeah, I'll read it out because I love we love Angela. Congratulations to Angela Carrot. Christian Wilkes, her nickname of character should be obvious for the reason as to why, played a hundredth game for MUSC on the weekend. We're very lucky to have her, a star on and off the pitch who works tirelessly in the midfield and as a club volunteer and administrator. So actually, actually, you know what? I will try and summarize this as best I can. Joined the club in 2015. Since then, our club has become an even better place. So state three staple, I assume that's the division. Uh, now started down the wing. Now she plays in the midfield. She's a 10, but also rocks as a six and has even had a few impressive cameos in goals. Yeah, she's actually quite tall. So that I can see how that would work. Um, a cool, smart presence on the pitch, always where she needs to be, makes the sprint, wins the tackle, thoughtfully, thoughtfully distributes. That sounds like her contributions on the far post pods. Uh, she's blossomed into such a confident player and goal scorer. And then they said, the club would probably go to chaos without her. Um, she's been a committee member, a board member. She's the club's administrator, fixturing, rostering, liaising with councils, clubs, the uni itself, ordering equipment, cleaning storerooms. So she's done everything. And if you're in a position to buy Angela a drink, please do so because she works so hard and she's one of countless volunteers that keep community sport going in this country. She usually takes a stout if you're asking. Yes. 
Just love the love the Guinness. Loves it. Yes. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, so my other two queens of the week, uh, yes, yeah, so the aforementioned Philippines International that uh, broke my heart from an employment perspective, uh, Carly Frillis, who's uh, one of the Philippines Internationals playing in NPL New South Wales to get some game time ahead of the World Cup, turned it around for Blacktown Spartans. They were trailing 1-0 at halftime. Uh, she scored the equalizer, pouncing off the rebound from an Abby Lemon shot that hit the woodwork. Uh, first up and then scoring in the 90th minute a really nice finish after good link up play with emily roach so she can be the second one and the third queen of the week because she got because this play got absolutely robbed and did not make the npl new south wales team of the week despite scoring four goals i'm nominating the queen of blacktown rpl i cut forward ashley crofts who has really this move i think to RPL Icart from Spartans has worked better than I think any of us could have hoped. She's flying. She's she's leading the Golden Boot as a winger, not as a center forward. And she just it's just great to see that RPL provided the home uh, that a player of Ashley's talents deserves. Hopefully this is it, and um, uh, hopefully she can be in the, back in the dub next year. And I'd like to point out her record: eleven goals in the last five games against Emerging Jets. Tally that to. Goals in all three of her appearances against Newcastle, Jess in the dub. She sounds like the perfect signing for Central Coast Mariners. So um, does anyone else have anything to add from this typically long podcast? Yeah. Let's get out of here and give Cheryl something to edit. So on behalf of Stefan Mobis, Magella Card, and Dale Roots, this is Eric Subihano signing off for episode 150. We made it to a milestone, episode 150 of the Beyond 90 podcast. Thanks for your support. We wish you a life full of good vibes, great coffee, sick tattoos, razzlers, and Blacktown chicks doing great things on the football field. See you next week.